How much would one inch of water affect your life right now? No, I'm not talking about rain. I'm talking about in your basement. <laughs> this and more on yeah. Reset 62. Uh-huh. Yeah. This is Reset. It can be found at reset.fm. I'll be talking about anything that plugs in or takes batteries. Mostly home automation, networking, home storage, and technology in general. Reset was inspired by a bent paperclip that has been sitting on my desk for years. Reminds me to be adventurous and have fun, because there's usually a reset button. Let's get started. Welcome back to Reset, everybody. I'm your host, David McCabe. Thanks for tuning in. Episode 62. I'll talk about that here in a second. How about we first thank uh, Patreon. I got a new Patreon subscriber, Sean Hammond. Thank you very much. And thank you to all my patrons who continue to support this podcast and the Reset community at large. Thanks for keeping us online, everybody. If you'd like to join Reset and help us out with Patreon, go, hey, how about something easy to remember? Reset.fm slash Patreon. Reset.fm slash Patreon. You'll know it's me with the big paperclip, and actually it's patreon.com slash David McKay, but that's a short link to remember. Hey, if you want to help out and you don't want to you don't want to do that thing, you can always do it anonymously. Go to resetforums.com. It's the old homeservershow.com forums. And there's a box. And you can shop Amazon. You can shop, you know, whatever's listed out there. And uh, you can just do that anonymously. You don't even have to join the Patreon crew. But if you do, that first month that, that it processes, I will send you out the reset sticker combination. Got a couple of stickers now. We've got the nice big square one that, you know, you can put on your laptop. And I've got some circle ones that are pretty cool as well. So I'll send those out. So thank you very much. We're going to talk about, I'm going to talk about that water. We're going to talk about um, and, uh, wise. We're going to talk about wise scents and wise cameras. And I'll talk a little bit about an iPhone. So, hey, stay with me on that one. So, I have no notes on this one. But what would one inch of water in your basement do to you right now? Just stop and think. All right place one inch of water in my basement go think about what it would touch right i'm not talking about walls i'm not talking about drywall i'm not talking about you know mechanicals in your basement maybe your fridge i don't know but do you have boxes on the ground do you have shelving units that has a bottom shelf that is reachable do you have a ups sitting directly on the ground I don't know. I'm throwing it out there for you to think about because it hit me quite close to home as a friend had this happen to him. So the reason that it made me think so much is I have water sensors like under sinks and stuff, right? So if a valve or something on the sink should break, and it did, not more than, what, three weeks ago, two weeks ago maybe, I had, uh, in my kitchen sink, we had a mechanical failure of a part of the faucet. So think about those um, those faucets with the big bendy spout, and you can pull the spout down, right? And then you can spray it all over your pan or whatever, and you let go, and it zings back up. 
That is a steel braided cable inside of that particular device, and it has a plastic water tube running in it. Well, that water tube, uh, it's 10 years old, so it, it broke. And every time you turn the sink on, there would be water. Now, I've had water travel down this spout in the sink before, where I, I don't know how you do it, but it's possible to take the water spout and point it back at the faucet itself and for water to somehow travel through that system and down below and drip and set off my SmartThings water sensor. I've had that happen before. And when my sensor went off, I'm thinking, hmm, well, that's probably just what happened. But I went immediately. I don't know why. I, You know, sometimes you get false alarm, like phobia, or not phobia, but uh, you become a little numb to that alert if it happens over and over and over due to a false alarm, right? So you're just like, ah, oh, it's just, you know, it's just drippy, drippy. Someone just used the, the f- sink. And I'm thinking... No, no one's used the sink in a while. I'm going to go over there and check out this alert. And lo and behold, there's water on the bottom of my cabinet because of this broken part. Great. But why are you telling me about your kitchen day? We're supposed to be talking about the basement, one inch of water. Well, I know a lot of you have water sensors under sinks. I have them, I don't know if I have them under every sink in my house, but the majority of the ones that get used, like the kids and stuff, right, where something could go afoul very quickly, there is a water sensor. Now, my point is in your basement, I don't know, everybody, you know, some of you guys probably don't even have basements, right? So you're just like, Dave, skip ahead, please. But the reason I'm I'm kind of waffling is because the water seeped in through his sump pump, which had failed. So this friend of mine had a sump pump, which is that takes groundwater from around your foundation that seeps towards your foundation and through the gravel that is, you know, around your foundation or up under. And it takes that water in a pit and it pumps it out. Pumps it out to the street so it can go away from your house. Times of big rains, and uh, I know you guys know this. You guys, a lot of Midwest and uh, and central states have a lot of rain. And Indiana has had a ton. If the sump pump fails, then it fails to do that job. And the water can damage the foundation, get in the house. If it rises uh, enough, a lot of people have battery backups. A lot of people have a dual sump where if one should fail, the second one will kick in. Well, theirs just so happened to have both fail at the same time. And they caught it within, I would say, probably within 12 hours, 8 to 12 hours. And there was an inch of water in their basement. And went over to help them move some items from the basement upstairs in order to, you know, start this cleaning and reclamation and whatnot. And, you know, there was a lot of damaged stuff. The boxes, you know, took the brunt of of the damage. But it's amazing how fast, you know, water in your home can turn just to, yikes, stink and damage. It's a mess. So... 
I do personally have a sump pump and I have a sensor on it and I have a sensor on an ejection pit. An ejection pit is all the water in the house comes to a certain spot into like almost a well, a big tub, and then it is ejected out to the street. So if something was to happen with that, some kind of failure in that area, water should back up, then I would hope that that ejection pit would ring and uh, and alert me. So Dave, you've been talking for eight minutes. So the key to the story is, is don't just think about your sinks, but think about areas in your basement where water could enter. And the thing about this story is it wasn't a failure of like a water pipe or a valve or, you know, like a water heater or something. It was water came in from Mother Earth into the house. Didn't come in from the city via a pipe or a well (laughs) pipe. So I just wanted to do a little public service announcement right there. Think about it. Go to your basement. Where where is your where's your server? Where's your rack? Where's all that good stuff? Put an inch of water in that room and then react. Just look, just go down there right now and look around. <laughs> it it was um it was eye-opening for me. I mean, I instantly went down and checked my batteries, and like one of them was um it was out of battery. So I was like, well, I failed there. Somehow, uh, my SmartThings alert did not alert me of that battery going down. So, take this public service announcement and go do that. Okay. YouTube, I've got some new videos I'd like you to go check out. I've got uh, my Osmo Pocket, which is a little DJI camera. I've got some accessories that I did, a little video on those. I've got a travel video of... Uh, an Alaska trip that I took last year. Finally got a little video made for that. And my most recent one is the Wise Sense kit. And I have installed that into my garage. And we'll talk about we'll talk about that here later in the podcast. All right, first before we get started, again, I wrote an article about podcasts. And I realized that I've been doing this, I mean I'm I'm 10 years. I've been doing this 10 years. And I've never written like a big article on how to subscribe to podcasts, how to listen to podcasts and, you know, how to do it. And it seems kind of counterproductive to tell someone listening to a podcast how to listen to podcasts, right? But I didn't do it for you guys. I didn't do it for you listening. I did it out of this recent brouhaha of a company called Luminary. Luminary launched with a lot of VC money thinking that they were going to catalog all the podcasts out there and offer those for free and then also do some original podcasts that are behind a paywall, right? Paywall meaning... You have to use their app, be a subscriber at $7.99 a month to listen to these, what is right now 40 plus originals and ad-free shows. 
Now, the free shows you can get via the Luminary app are going to have ads interjected into them. That caused a stir. Then they came out, uh, the information came out that Luminary was also kind of restripping off the way that podcasters count a download, right? They were taking away the most important piece of data that a podcaster can get is that download, right? You go to iTunes and you click play. That file downloads. I get a click, a ding, right? There's one. Write it down. That's one download. Woohoo! You know, we're on our way. Luminary was stripping that off and not not counting that, not allowing that to be counted, right? I guess they were caching. I, you know, there's so much different information about this. These guys had a bad week, right? They collected a lot of money from investors and they had a very <laughs> bad week. And all it would have taken, you know what? If they would have called me up and said, Dave, we're launching a company. What do you think about us? caching the download and offering it to our app and not telling the podcaster that, you know, they had 200 downloads. They just get to see that one download. Anybody in the podcasting business would say, you know what? Podcasters are really, really particular about their stats. Don't do that. And they, these guys, Luminary claims to be, you know, podcasters. They claim that, hey, we are podcasters. We're doing this for our, you know, people that love podcasts because we are one, right? Well, no, you're not because you really had a bad week and screwed everything up. So I wrote an article. Not, I didn't go out and point a lot of fingers at these guys and say, um, you know, you goofed up, take me off. You know, I'm, I, I didn't jump on that bandwagon. If you want to listen via the Luminary app, the Reset podcast is on there. You can listen. I'm not going to take it off. But what I didn't, what I haven't done is like show a new person, hey, here's how you find us using uh, two apps, Pocket Casts and Overcast. And here's how to do it. Here's how to find us. Here's how to listen to podcasts. Here's how to go find other podcasts. Here's a little bit of privacy, you know, talking about things like that. That's I kind of wrote it for that. So the reason I'm telling you is I've also done a short link to uh, this article, reset.fm slash listen. If someone asks you about a podcast or you say, hey, I heard it on a podcast, and they're like, yeah, I keep meaning to check out these podcast things you guys keep talking about. You say, you know what? Go to reset.fm slash listen. That'll take you to an article that'll tell you what a podcast is, how you listen to it, what apps to use, and it'll get you started, right? This is going to get you started in podcasting. That's why I wrote it. I thought, you know what? I'm going to try to give back a little bit to my community of podcast listeners since this whole luminary thing broke out and just like reestablish, you know, I mean, this podcasting thing is, is an awesome thing. It's, it's supposed to be free, right? 
it's it's that's when we started it was it's free and it's supposed to be free and um i just thought i'd give back a little bit that way so i don't know i don't know if that's the right i just felt like i need to write this so i just sat down and just started hammering it out okay we talked about the water sense sensors and the the only other thing I wanted to interject there is I, I kind of made a big deal about that, uh, that the water came in from the outside, right? Because there are a lot of devices that you can have put in your water line. Let's say one of your sensors goes off. You can have smart things or your, you know, uh, your platform of choice activate a valve to turn off the water in your house. Boom, done, right? No more flood. Well, not in this guy's case, right? Water came in from the outside. Okay. I recently used an iPhone for, I don't know, about a week as my phone. I can't even remember how long I've been on Android. It's been a long time. I think my last iPhone was the uh, 4, iPhone 4, and I've used a lot of Android phones and uh, Nexus and Pixel phones, just every single one of them, it seems like. But I recently, I had this, I don't know, I did that thing that I do, right, where I think it is time to sell my Pixel 3 XL. Yes, I just got the thing probably in November, but there's... There's that cycle, right, where a phone reaches its peak resale value. Well, its peak resale value is the day that it comes out. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. It's just going to drop and drop and drop and drop. And so you t- there's, a, there's a curve of stats and data, right, or how much the phone is worth and the intersecting line of what you owe, right? And that is uh, kind of what I was looking at. And I thought, it is time to sell this because Project Fi, it's called Google Fi now, it's actually a product, was going to have an anniversary. And I thought, you know what, if they're ever going to do something, they're going to do it right now on this anniversary. And I also knew this Pixel 3, 3a or Lite uh, version is going to come out soon. So that would save me if I miss a so-called anniversary sale. So I thought, I'm going to sell the uh, Pixel 3 XL. Went out to Swappa, put it out there for a a good price. Uh, Perfect phone, you know. And I put it out there at the top of of the price range. There's always a buyer, right? And there's always someone that wants yours versus someone else's. You know, mine was perfect, and I had 8 to 10 cases, maybe that I was going to sell with this, and it came with the box. You know, perfect. It's unlocked. It's Google. It still has warranty. You know, it's a good deal. So the phone sold, but the phone, it sold before I had a chance to, like, make a move on a Pixel 3 or a new XL or this 3A that's coming out, the light because it wasn't the anniversary yet. So I have my my backup phone is a an iPhone 6 Plus. 
It's an iPhone 6, but it's the large size, right? It's pretty old. It's pretty old. That's an old phone, and it still has the the, the home button on the front with the fingerprint reader on it. At least, at least it has that, right? So my phone sold before the anniversary hit, and I had to use an iPhone. Well, I had already requested a SIM. Now, on Project Fi, you can use eSIM. And with the pixels, you can use an eSIM. So all you got to do is just, uh, Fi gives you a code, and you just use that code, and boom, done. You're on. You don't have a, a SIM card in your uh, SIM slot at all. But you can use a SIM if you need it. You just go into your account, say, I need a SIM card for my account, and they will send you one. So that's what I did. I deactivated my Pixel 3 XL, got everything off of it, and then I stuck the SIM into the iPhone, and I was off and running. Yay, I have iMessage. Woohoo! I'm a part of the, um, the bubble crowd now. And I used it for that week, and I'm telling you, I do not know how you folks do it. I do not like the iPhone. Now, having said that, I'm sure that if I had an iPhone 10, my experience would probably be a whole lot better. It would definitely be faster because the iPhone 6 is not a fast phone whatsoever. Now, it works. I was able to put all my apps on it. And some apps are a little prettier. I'll give you that. But again, I know you you guys are used to it. You you go over to Android and you're like, oh my God, this is the Wild West. I hate this. But I like that. I like my notifications. From my notifications screen, I can delete an email. On my iPhone, I can only clear. The notifications need a lot of work. From my notification shade in a, my Pixel phone, I can turn off my Wi-Fi, just like you iPhone guys. But I can also long press it and go into Wi-Fi and see more information, right? It also tells me, let's see if the iPhone tells, it's right here. See, I'm looking at, I, I swiped up and I see the little Wi-Fi signal and it's blue. That's it. I don't know what it's hooked up to. I have no idea. On the Android, I swipe down from the shade. I see the Wi-Fi uh, lines, and it tells me the SSID that I'm hooked up to. It's right there. It's right under it. This one? I don't know. I tap it, thinking, oh, maybe I'll get some choices. No. No choices. It turns it off. So, I don't, I don't know how you do it. And the Siri thing? Seriously. Really. It, it's, it's no match. No match for the Google thing. Now, the one thing I did like about this iPhone is the podcast app. Yep, Overcast. That's a, that's a really nice. That's a really nice podcast player. I will give you that much. If Marco Arment, he never would do this. Never, ever, ever, ever would do this. If he would develop it for Android, I would I would use it. It's good. It's a really good app. So I don't know why I'm saying this because the Reset Podcast is downloaded with Apple Podcasts almost as much as any other. 
platform, or ecosystem. 50% of the reset downloads come from Apple Podcasts. Can you believe that? That is crazy. 18, 18% is other. I have no clue what 18% other is. 12.5% is Pocket Casts, which is my pocket, uh, which is my uh, choice. Overcast is 8%. 8%. So if you took Apple Podcasts and Overcast, which is only on Apple, then boom, you have a lot of percentages of my show is on Apple. Android has a little bit. iTunes has a little bit. There you go, some more. Android Downloader, Firefox, Downcast. That's a universal app, I think, for both. Chrome. So I got a lot of Chrome listens, and I think that comes from the forums, so I appreciate everybody doing that. While we're talking stats, the... The percentage of downloads via location. This is a fun stat. 72% from the United States. This is total for the Reset Podcast. Cumulative, I guess. 9% other. I don't know what country is named other, but they've got their own Android. Or they have their own podcast app as well. So that's crazy. So other is 9%. The UK... 8%, Australia, 5.2%. The Canadians, you are right behind the Australians. Come on, Canada. We have got to pick this up. All you Canada listeners, please share this with friends. And Aussies, don't let them outdo you, okay? (laughs) Sweden, you're, you're right there. You are listed as a European country. And I thought it would be Germany or France, but... I have a lot of Sweden listeners, so I, I appreciate that immensely. Um, it, it's just fun. It's just fun to go over stats, right? And it's fun to make fun of the iPhone. I wish, I'm, I'm jelly. I wish I had an iPhone 10 that I could play with. I really do. But to finish out this story, I was right. I nailed this one on the head. The anniversary of Project Phi. It was a five-year anniversary. If it was a three-year anniversary, I probably wouldn't have made this uh, made this uh, big of a thing, or you know, selling a phone. But I hit it. I nailed it on the head. They did fifty percent off of the Pixel Three, fifty percent off of the Pixel Three XL. Since I sold the XL, I thought, you know, I'm going to go. I'm going to buy a Pixel Three. And I did. I bought it. It came in a couple of days later, and I have been on it ever since, and I freaking love it. I don't know why I bought the big one. I really like this little one. Now, I thought I would be butthurt uh, about the uh, Pixel 3a, but I don't think I'm going to be. But I hope that Google does this more often where they do... I think Samsung did this... Where they would release their Galaxy handset, and then six months later, they would do the Note. So they were doing it twice a year instead of once a year. So I kind of hope that Google will do this as well, because the Pixel 3 handsets were way too expensive. Way too expensive. And I do think that I would probably be okay with the lower cost, um, lower cost phone. If it was the same camera, I say that with caveats, it has to be the same camera. 
So there you have it. I'm pretty happy camper. I still have the iPhone 6 Plus. I used to um, fly the drone with it, but it is getting so old that it's not really it's not really good to fly with anymore. So I'm probably going to stop doing that and just use it as uh, you know, it's my little desktop phone if I need an you know an iOS device to look at something. So don't get all out of sorts, iPhone users. I still love you guys. Thank you for downloading the podcast with your iPhone. I'm just I'm just a Pixel guy. And if you'd like to check out Project Fi, you may do so. Project Fi, uh, short link reset.fm slash Project Fi. That gives you 20 bucks and gives me 20 bucks towards our uh, accounts there. All right, let's talk some whys. Now, I think it's best if we kind of go back in time to CES. I talked with Wise about uh, their cameras and about a hard drive dock that they were going to come out with. And I think it's best if we go back. This is only like six and a half minutes long. So let's take a listen to Wise from CES 2019. All right, we're here talking with Wise. You guys kind of came on strong recently with your cameras, but you got a new product that I'd love to talk about, talk about, and it's the Max Drive. And I'm actually talking with Max. Max, how are you doing? Great. I'm doing great. So tell me about tell me about this Max Drive you guys are coming out with. So this is going to be our solution for an integrated uh, NAS system. Um, we're not going to be restricting our NAS system specifically to this one, but it will be the one that we're going to do more in-app integrations with. So we'll have a greater level of support for it. Okay, so when we're talking about Max Drive, we're talking about a, a very kind of a larger cylinder, about as big as as a three and a half inch drive. And is this bring your own drive, or are you guys going to be providing one? Uh, this is going to be bring your own drive to stick with our pricing strategy for our cameras. We didn't want to make a presumption on what size drive our users wanted, uh, so it accepts three point five inch, uh, the two point five inch, or hard disk or solid state drives. Uh, the only thing that doesn't fit into it is M.2, um, and it can support up to a 12 terabyte hard drive. Okay, so tell me about the ports because it almost is looking like like a dock. Uh, yeah, the hard drive mounts through SATA 3.0, and then it has a uh, gigabit uh, Ethernet port on the back to connect up to your router. Um, it is not Wi-Fi enabled. Uh, that's going to be for performance and security. Okay, so gigabit... So we're talking over the network and not direct attached? Correct. Awesome. So are we going to live in the same app that the Wise cameras do? Um, eventually. Uh, it, we are working on integrating so that you'll be able to view the footage from your cameras directly through the Wise app. Uh, the Max Drive is also a normal personal cloud, uh, so you can back up your personal pictures, documents, movies, all of that. Um, that, however, will be accessed through the Max Drive app. Okay, so there will be a Max Drive app, and that'll do kind of camera uploads, and I'll be able to look at all my photos that are at home on my Max Drive? Correct, yep. Awesome. Am I missing anything? This seems too simple. What are you, what are you guys going to price it as? Um, we don't have a solid price point yet. Um, we're hoping to keep it under $100. Uh, we'll have more information on that in the near future. Okay. And tell me maybe, how are you treating the hard drive? Is this something I'm going to be able to 
pull out of the Max Drive and throw into a computer and be able to read it, or is it going to be proprietary in some sense? Uh, it uses a Linux-based filing system, so most computers won't be able to read it. Um, we're also going to have internal security on it so that the drive will remain secure. That way, if anybody takes the drive for whatever reason, they won't be able to access your data. Okay. I think that's a that's a good answer for a lot of my listeners right there. So we're talking about price, and it's hard not to talk about the price of the Wise Cam. Where did you guys come from with this camera? Um, our C- CEO, Yuen, has a, a firm belief that we shouldn't charge more than we need to. So we make a great product at as low as price as we can. And then instead of adding a big markup for marketing or fancy packaging or anything like that, we keep it simple and just give the core product as much attention as we can. And correct me if I'm wrong, but it got down, or maybe even still is, to about $19.99? Uh, that's correct. Off of our website, it's $19.99. And then on Amazon, they have the, uh, it's $25.99, I believe, on Amazon. Yeah, we're paying for Prime right there, are we? Yeah. <laughs> so you have a you have a version 2 of the Wise Cam, but you also have a different camera, and it's got some special features in it, too. Yes, that would be the Wise Cam Pan. Um, the big difference between that one is that it's controllable, so you can pan, tilt, and zoom it. Um, this one offers 360-degree uh, coverage, and uh, if you're starting off at one endpoint and moving around, you can see the full 360 degrees within about three seconds. Uh, it moves at about 120 degrees a second. Wow, that's uh, that's pretty neat. And it has all the same features. I can record the SD card on that as well? Yes. In terms of the core features, it has everything that the V2, uh, the Wisecam V2 does. Uh, but additionally, it has two features called pan scan, which is, uh, say you had it set up in a living room and you wanted to watch a door and a window, but they weren't in the same shot. You can set up both of those as waypoints and the camera will pan back and forth between the two spots. Um, that can go up to four separate waypoints. Uh, so you can uh, position those wherever you want so that you're watching the areas. Um, and then you also have motion tag, uh, tracking. Um, so uh, that will uh, attempt, it will follow movement uh, that the camera catches. Uh, that can be used in conjunction with pan scan so that if it's moving around and it catches movement, it will stop scanning, follow the motion until it loses track of it, and then a few seconds later return back to its scanning. That's a neat feature. So kind of patrolling a couple of points and then following around. How does it how does it do between humans and maybe pets or are, have there been any issues there? Uh, right now, all of our motion detection is based off of a pixel comparison algorithm. Uh, so we can't differentiate between light changes or uh, humans or animals moving around. Um, we are exploring uh, AI options uh, to kind of augment that. Unfortunately, right now, I don't have very many details on that. So, Well, that's fine. You know, we can, we can live with uh, a couple of false positives as long as, long as that price is... Where you got it. That's a good price. Definitely. Now, I know there's there's another group of uh, users out there that are trying to attach these things not to the app. What do you guys think about people taking your hardware and kind of maybe making some modifications of it? Uh, we definitely like to see what the community does with their cameras. Uh, we are getting ready to also implement RTSP uh, to allow people to use different viewers. 
Um, but uh, we all, we have uh, a spot on our forum specific, specifically for user-created content and some of the fun things they do with them. Uh, we've seen a few people even go so far as to print out specialty mounts or even specialty cases for the devices and swap the components into those uh, 3D printed cases. That's pretty cool. What's the URL there? We'll go check it out. Uh, that's going to be on wisecam.com. All right. Well, I'm here with Wisecam at CES 2019. It's Max. We're talking about the Max Drive and a couple of flavors of Wisecam. Thanks, Max. Yeah. Thanks for stopping by. Okay. So I'm just going to rip the Band-Aid off right now very quickly. The Max product is delayed. So Wisecam tweeted this out uh, 29th of April. Update on Max Drive. Our partner for Max Drive has faced an unexpected delay that requires them to shift their resources. We'll keep working to allow you to store videos locally to a NAS device and keep you updated as the project develops with Max Drive or a new solution. Hmm. I'm, there's so much in that tweet that I have no clue because they do drop hints, right? So one thing that they did do is they've released a firmware for your wise cameras that makes it RTSP compatible. Now, what this means is you can address the wise cameras from software packages like Blue Iris, you know, Synology Surveillance Station, QNAP, all of those things that aggregate cameras and record footage and do things on the NAS itself or the 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 server itself will now work with wise cameras. So that's pretty interesting. But I was really looking forward to this little Max Drive dock that would record footage and also allow you to, you know, store things on it. But I thought it was really going to be kind of a cool solution for Wise to have a home storage, you know, pod kind of uh, per se. Now, I do have... I do have some thoughts on this, and we'll talk about my my thoughts on this later. Because one thing they said, or a new solution, I do think there will be a new solution, and I don't think it's going to be anything that we are going to like. So I got this out quickly. Who is Wise? Wise dot com. These guys, you know them as the twenty dollar little IP camera. These guys started out of Seattle. They were a couple of Amazon engineers. I think it was three Amazon engineers started their own company. They licensed a lot of like design. I don't know if they licensed a lot of like intellectual property, but a lot of designs for some Chinese companies making some small cameras. And they decided, hey, we're going to not overcharge. We're going to make a $20 camera and then boom, they did that. And it was the delight of the internet and Amazon had trouble keeping them in stock. And then they came out with the pan and you heard in the interview, this thing zips around like a fan. This thing is crazy how, how fast it can pan around. And these cameras are very popular. I bought one of the version ones and I really enjoyed it. Uh, one thing I didn't like about it was it had trouble 
connecting to a mesh network and it sat offline for quite some time with me. But they really took the internet by storm. And I got another one at CES and I have since bought another one. So I have a version one and I have two version twos. And I do this all the time, guys. I get, I find something that I like and it's fun and it's not that expensive. And it's like, oh, before I know it, I've got $75 invested and I have three cameras and it's like, wow, do you want to keep going and invest into this solution or should we stop and kind of take a look and see what's going on? So I do I do get kind of crazy and buy and not even think about it. So I'm at that point where I'm like, whoa, we need to slow down. So as soon as I said that, they came out with Wise Sense. Wise Sense is their smart home product. So it comes in this little bitty box, not more, just a little bit more than two inches long. Little bitty, it's got two door sensors. It's got a motion sensor and it has a little baby hub. The hub is almost ingenious as is the smallness of this package. It's a little bitty square flat package with a little a fabric handle and a USB plug on the other end and it goes directly into the back of the Wise camera. It plugs in. There's a little USB port on the back of a uh, Wise camera and it plugs straight in there and it does everything it needs to do as the uh, hub of the Wise you know, smart network. And they say it's got a lot of length to it, that it'll reach around your house, no problem at all, but you can run multiple. I did not test the distance. I was all crazy excited about getting this going, and I do have a video of all of, uh, that'll show you everything if you want to go over to youtube.com slash David McCabe and check out my, uh, my video on this. But I put it in my garage, and I thought, you know what, I'm going to just... I need one room where I can test all of this. And I thought, hey, this might work well in my garage. So I put it on both of the garage doors. I put the motion sensor out and I have the camera in the garage as well. And everything's working really neat. Now, it's not quite as robust as a very, you know, a a major automation portal like a smart things is, but it does have a lot of potential. It can notify you of opening closes. You can have it record on opening closes or sensing events. It will notify you if, let's say, that one of those door window sensors is open for a set amount of time. And I thought, well, that's going to be cool for the garage because if it's open over an hour, I need to know. Now, what I need to know is if it's open past 9 o'clock or not. When the 9 o'clock hour comes... I need someone to come and say, yo, Dave, your garage is still open. You know, I don't know if you guys have that problem, but I have that problem a lot. Uh, And yes, I do have children. So I'm sure that is the majority of the issue with the garage door. But I do it as well. I, I am the cause of that failure in the automation as well. So it's a neat little package. By the way, this was a pre buy 
It's not for sale anymore as the pre-buy, but it's supposed to go on sale in May, which it is May now. So any time now, it's supposed to go on sale. I think I got this for 20 bucks, and there was a limited amount. You had to you had to purchase it via the app, and I think you're supposed to understand that it's like beta or something. I don't know, but um, I don't know why I bought it. I was just like, hey, this looks fun. It's only $20. Let's buy this. So take a look at the video, and I'll show you how I'm using it for my garage. And yes, it has a lot of potential. These guys are coming out with lights, or I'm... I think they're going to come out with a light bulb. So you could do some smarts with that, get some motion, turn on said light bulb. The um, the protocol is interesting because they do not announce whether it's, well, they do. It's not Zigbee. It's not Z-Wave. It is a proprietary protocol using some sort of RF. And that is the way they are able to get the length out of this thing. So... The last thing I did say was uh, that I didn't like about it is it doesn't play very well with mesh systems. Now, not the Wise Sense product, but the Wise Camera, which is required in order to run the Wise Sense, right? You have to have a camera in order to plug the hub in. Well, if it sees multiple access points with the same name, you know how you've some products will not aggregate the SSIDs, when when you say, when you're going through their app or whatever, and it says, join a Wi-Fi network, and you see, you know, your network five or six times or having however many access points you have in your mesh network, it does not play very well with that. And it's only 2.4 gigahertz. If you've listened to this podcast, I've probably said this a hundred times when I talk about WISE, is it doesn't do that very well. I used my Ubiquiti network to create a 2.4 gigahertz um, SSID only, and I hooked that up to as that way. WISE is a, they're a neat little company. Uh, I say that because they're on Reddit. Of all places, they have exposed themselves out there on Reddit and they answer questions a lot. And I like that of a company. I, Another company that reminds me of them, like Eero. Eero has a spokesperson slash engineer that is on Reddit quite a bit and answers questions out there. And Wise is doing that as well. They had, there was, I think this was a year ago, when... Someone put a network analyzer and watched a lot of traffic coming from these cameras because we didn't know who these wise people were, right? And for that matter, their camera looked like I think it was a, a Xiaomi Xiaomi uh, camera that was out there, or a, I don't know, it was some Chinese maker of a camera. It looked exactly like it, right? And it freaked people out. Like, okay, who is this putting these cameras in our house for twenty dollars? Because it seemed like the perfect Chinese crime, not Chinese. I don't mean to uh, call anybody out, but I'm just like I'm saying like a, a perfect government crime, right? Create this shadow ghost company. Create a $20 camera that has all the means in which to take photographs and videos of your home and report it back to China and sell one to every household in the United States and, you know, take over the world kind of stuff like that. It seemed like the perfect government crime. 
Well, I think they, it came out that they licensed the design from that camera. They didn't like create it perfectly themselves, but I think they came up with everything else, like the firmware that goes in it and all the, all this kind of good stuff. But they're out there on on Reddit explaining that stuff. If you have questions, they will explain that. They're a spunky little company. I, I kind of like them. It also makes me worry about this twenty dollars because I it's it can't be sustainable. It 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 cannot sustain this company. Twenty dollars per camera, right? I fear that they're going to do the Apple service mechanism where they come out with services and I will hope that they're going to be good, not half baked, and I fear that some of the options that I long for in the wise camera and software today will probably be answered by services that I have to pay for. Ugh. Okay, what are you talking about, Dave? Uh, Multiple detection zones? I really like my cameras that have multiple detection zones, right? I want to put a little box here, and I want to put a little box over here. Now, what about maybe AI detection? Because we did listen to that interview, and he said specifically... They do pixel comparison, so they can't they can't detect dog versus human, right? Versus car, that could be a possible upsell with a service. Longer cloud storage, storage. Did I say storage? Storage. That is that's a perfect cloud cell, right? You know, access all of your whatever. I don't know, but there's going to be I I. I just know it. There's going to be something come out with these guys because they're doing automation gear now. They've killed, I didn't, they didn't, I'm saying it, they've killed the Max Drive because it's going to come out as a service, guaranteed. There's <laughs> Someone said, hey, dude, you're, you're killing our company by releasing a $75, you know, NAS drive. That records all the cameras. Why, why don't we upsell this? I, I don't know. This is just my fear, right? This is what a company would do in order to make money, right? We did talk about RTSP, which kind of goes against everything I just told you, services. RTSP is a protocol which, like like I said, you can use with uh, Blue Iris and you can record things, but they kind of crippled this thing. I don't know if they did it on purpose, but a lot of people are having trouble with it. You have to flash a specific firmware to the wise camera and it will give you options to turn on our RTSP when you do that it will give you the URL right to address that camera on on site and it'll also give you I think it gives you an admin uh, a chance to do an admin password combination in order to get into that camera because now you can you know anybody could come in jump on your network and address that camera and pull the feed and that's what these blue irises of the world do, the surveillance stations. They direct direct communicate with TCP IP, and they capture that imagery that way. And I've heard some folks are having some trouble. And Wise came out and said, hey, we gave you RTSP because you wanted it. But when you do that, you're going to kind of, it's going to not work in the app quite so well. It's not going to work with the app. You're going to, you're, You've made your bed. Use your own stuff, right? 
And they also said that they're not going to develop for that as much as they develop for their their own app and their own, you know, smart kind of ecosystem. Which I can get that, right? People that want to do this and go off into the wild, wild west with a $20 camera on their network, by all means, go do it. But they've said, beware, we're not going to fix problems as fast as you probably want them fixed, right? It's an interesting company. It's an interesting product. It's 20 bucks. I've got, mine are all indoors, which they are an indoor camera. There's a lot of folks making things with these. It's kind of funny when a product get released, gets released. People start designing with their 3D printers like crazy. I know people are like, pick a product, let's make a few things and sell it on Amazon, right? And they're doing that. So there's a um there's like these little birdhouse looking things. I'll try to put some links in the show notes. Uh, reset.fm slash six two. This is the wise camera wall mount bracket, weatherproof 360 degree protective adjustable indoor and outdoor mount cover case for wise cam 1080p smart camera and spot camera anti-sun glare UV protection in black. That's the name of this product. It looks like a birdhouse. It literally looks like your wise cam turned into a birdhouse. It comes in a two-pack. Woohoo! It comes in white or black. And it's $11.99. Stocked by Amazon. Order it within... Mine says, order within seven hours and you can get it tomorrow. So I could order it up to midnight and get this thing tomorrow. That is... You gotta love Prime. Um, there's a lot of these little things out there. There is uh, mounts. There are plugs. Everybody's making a plug mount that holds said device and plugs straight into the wall wall bracket, right? People are putting these under their eaves, much like I did with my Blink cameras. Still like my Blink cameras, even though they're all the batteries ran down and I never replaced them. They're still way up where I can't reach them. So... That's got to change. So I've got blink cameras, I've got wise cameras, and I've got ring cameras, and I've got surveillance station cameras, and I've got to figure out what I'm going to do with all this stuff. And I have an idea, and it's the craziest thing that you would think would ever come out of my mouth because I've been such a proponent of owning the stream, owning the feed, that I I may just go ring. I I'm throwing it out there. I may go with ring. I don't know. But that's how I'm gonna end 62. If you have any questions or comments on this wise gear, I think it would be fun to talk about this in the reset forums. You should join the reset forums. I need some help. I don't know if I need to do a survey and find out what my customer, what my podcast listeners are here for. Do you guys, are you storage geeks? Are you automation geeks? Are you holdovers from my Microsoft past life of Surface geeks? Are you holdovers from Home Server Show? How did you find this? Please, someone tell me. 
uh, and I, I say this because I need help. The Reset Forums is being overrun by storage geeks. And I, I want to talk more things than storage. I know everybody loves storage. I'll, I'll publish a podcast that has QNAP and Synology in the name, and it'll get 20% more downloads than the others do, right? It's wild. And I try not to, I don't like to link bait, so I should just call them all HP Microserver and then talk about WiseCam. And I would get double the download rate, right? I would, really, I would. I'm not going to do that, but thank you for listening. Thank you for your patronage. Reset.fm slash Patreon, and you can help me. And we'll keep doing these shows. We'll keep complaining about iPhones and talking about whys and water in your basement and all that kind of good stuff. And I've got a lot more, a lot of this stuff in my brain, and I'm trying to get it out as fast as possible. And that's it. Meet you at Reset Forums. Have a great week, guys. It's May, and the weather's getting good. So go outside, have some fun. We'll talk to you next time. This has been Reset can be found at reset.fm or over on YouTube at youtube.com slash davidmccabe. Follow on Twitter at mccabe.io and you can discuss this episode and more on Reset Forums, resetforums.com. Intro and outro music is by Darylene. Find it at soundcloud.com, Darylene Music. That's D-E-R-L-E-E Music. Support of this podcast can be done at Patreon patreon.com slash david mccabe there's also some shopping links at resetforums.com if you want to use those if you have a chance please rate and review the podcast on itunes thank you for your support and i'll see you next week on reset